0: It's time for Talking Tauntauns, your Star Wars source at
1: AIPTComics.com. Hey, what's up everybody and welcome back to another episode of Talking Tauntauns, the official Star Wars podcast for AIPTComics.com. I am JJ Travers and I'm joined this morning, as always, by Connor Christensen and Jim Lahane. Today we have a fun episode for you. We're going to be talking about fan films. Uh, Before
2: we get into that, Jim, Connor, how are we today? Well, Jim had a much more eventful evening and morning than I did. Um, I just... I watched a bunch of fan films. So I'll let you guys all decide how my Saturday night went. Um, You'll find out by the end of the episode how I feel about all of them.
1: You're really... uh, You're really (laughs) Not giving anything away.
2: (laughs) Mm, It was... It was... mm, That's all I'll say for now. We'll get into it.
0: Yeah, I just went to the emergency room at 2 a.m. 4 a.m. one of those two that's
2: all time is a construct
0: apparently and at 4 a.m. um it, it that's what the construction looks like time but i'm Probably okay now. now though i hope uh better not dead so i guess that's always a positive note
2: that is most people would say that if you can return from the hospital not dead that it was a successful trip so
0: yes that's one of my goals every morning is to um wake up yeah so well done except for i never went to sleep last night so i guess um so technically haven't met the goal i I, I didn't achieve
1: that goal (laughs) Uh, you're in tip-top shape for the episode this morning going well going well <laughs> he looks <laughs> thrilled
0: <laughs> i'm so tired <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right well uh i know it'll cheer you up talking some galaxy's edge
0: your tantal will freeze before you reach the first marker i'll see you in hell
1: hello what have we here i believe we have a news piece to share We do
0: have a news piece to share. Oculus had their gaming showcase where they uh, introduced a whole bunch of games that are coming up later in the year. And they talked about the Tales from Galaxy's Edge game that um, I had talked about a while ago. uh, It came out in November and it had kind of spots in the game for potential expansions. And they had mentioned that the, those expansions would be coming, but you know of video games, you never actually know. Uh, it really depends on how well the game does. And they announced at this uh, that they will have an expansion, and that expansion will continue the uh, um, main tale that I felt was mostly over, but I guess it's not over. Um, but it also give you two more of those additional legendary tales, where the legendary tale in the, the first one was the one when you went back to the High Republic and uh, with Yoda. And so um, one of the characters you meet is going to be the famous Doc Ondar. So I'm super excited. I'm hoping they probably won't do this, uh, but I'm hoping you get to walk the streets of Galaxy's Edge. That was probably my biggest complaint, is that you couldn't actually walk there like you could look out the window at it but you can't actually walk the
1: streets Um, i mean uh that couldn't be too hard right if they just took some cameras down like they did it it's all they
0: have it in 3d they purposely didn't let you walk in uh in there and uh basically i think they said they wanted to leave that experience for you when you actually go there Nice, Um, nice little
2: marketing push mid (laughs) game. Yeah, whenever you try to hate that choice. (laughs) (laughs) Whenever you uh, hit the button to to leave and go out to Galaxy's Edge, instead of it taking you into Galaxy's Edge, it just takes you to the Disneyland Disney World ticket queue. (laughs) It's it's like
0: you can go for real. It's actually the um, the
2: gift shop. (laughs) every time you leave a room why am i in a gift shop (laughs) (laughs) some of this is even star wars um i just hope they announce the first galaxy's edge uh tales from galaxy's edge for playstation vr soon probably Um, not as i think all three vader immortals were out before
0: it was ever announced um but the third vader immortals came out I'd say within a year, the the first and the last were released.
2: Yeah, I think the Vader Immortal came out for PlayStation VR last year, I think, and it wrapped up on Oculus in twenty nineteen. So, um, so you know, hopefully, you'll be playing Tales of, Tales of the Galaxy's Edge in uh, in two years on the PlayStation VR three. <laughs> yes, you could also, if you do have a, a
0: uh, Oculus, there is another Star Wars VR game coming and this one i will not repeat what i had said on our private discord channel because i don't want to censor myself um it's star wars pinball vr
2: oh yeah because the-
0: who doesn't want electronic pinball in vr i'm sure i'm sure that there are <laughs> people out there that played the because ele- this is the basically the expansion of the electronic uh uh, Star Wars pinball game that has been out. I actually bought it for my uh, iPad and never opened it. And so um, I'm sure people played it because they kept expanding it. It's not for me. I don't and get it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I,
1: yeah, it's so confusing to me. Of all the games to play in VR, pinball, like going and playing pinball in person is fun. Uh, I like playing the themed machines. My fiance and I, when, you know, There wasn't a pandemic going on. We'd go up um, to Portland, Maine, and there was a barcade that we loved to play pinball at, and it was a great time. Uh, But I can't think of any time that I've ever wanted to play Digital pinball game, besides when I was, you know, a kid and it was like one of the two games available on Windows 95. Um, oh,
0: I remember that.
1: Yeah, the spaceship <laughs> themed one. Uh, and I definitely am not going to spend money to play pinball in VR. <laughs> I, I couldn't think of anything like less exciting. It's just like, oh, new Star Wars game in VR and it's pinball. And I am so deflated instantly.
0: <laughs> but, but, but you get to theme your room like it's not just the pinball game in there it's an entire star wars
2: fan cave what they called it okay it's not even hold up i thought i didn't i only looked at the pictures i thought it was like well at least you're playing pinball like in the falcon i did not realize like no you're playing pinball in a fan cave like this is just somebody's room (laughs) it's it's your
0: room if you buy the game, um, if you they have the trailer, yeah, the Tales from Galaxy's Edge. I'm kind of annoyed because they're showing all these trailers and they didn't release a the trailer. there's just a picture of Doc Ondar. But the Star Wars Pinball in VR, you get a trailer, and it's a trailer pinball. about
1: Star Wars Pinball. <laughs> I wonder if uh, Doc is going to have you find some like rare antiquity for him on Batu or something. And it's a yeah. pinball machine? A, pin- a, pinball, uh, yes. a pinball ball. <laughs> I thought that's
0: where you were going with it. I, I wasn't, to... no. I, I wasn't, but I should have seen that
1: segue coming a mile away. I need Connor, you to track I down... both both went there. <laughs> I need it's... you to
2: track down an ancient game.
1: Still not fully awake here. Um, no. Yeah, I, I can't wait to go back. I I feel like before... Before I can afford and have a reason to buy a PS5 and get VR and get Star Wars VR, I'll probably be able to go back to the park. I feel like that's more justifiable, going to the park, than buying a PlayStation 5.
2: It'll be cheaper, too.
1: (laughs) Honestly, it will be. By,
2: by like, quite a bit. Um, Because, like, even the PlayStation VR, the full headset with the controllers and everything, man, thing runs you like, I want to say, like, 300, 400 bucks. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hard pass. All right, you guys ready to talk some Star Wars fan films?
2: Boy, am I.
1: Okay. Uh, so this—I don't remember where this idea to do this came from, but um, you, yeah, idea. but I don't re- remember like what what spurred it. Um, either way, um. We decided we'd talk about some Star Wars fan films, and we have a good mixture of stuff for you today. Um, One of my friends wrote a Star Wars top 10 fan films on our site like four years ago at AIPTcomics.com, and it did really well, Uh, so I decided to see what's come out since then, uh, if there was any stuff from that list I wanted to use, if there was stuff I missed that was older. So I tried to put together a list of, we have uh, 10, 11 films here of a wide range of stuff. We have um, anime uh, that's fully animated in 80s anime style. We have some stuff that was filmed in motion capture. We have live action. Um, There's a lot of different filming techniques being used there's stuff um that's like 10 plus 15 plus years old there's stuff that just came out in the last few years so we've got a a wide range of fan films to discuss today
2: i had a point i forgot it
1: (laughs) okay well then i'll just jump us right into the first one uh so this is the only fully animated fan film that uh i chose for us and it's called tie fighter and this was released back in 2015, uh, and I remember when I saw it back then. It kind of blew my mind. This guy, Paul Johnson, uh, drew and animated it. Uh, excuse me, drew and animated it himself, uh, and he just did it basically on the weekends over a four-year period as just like a passion project. And it was inspired by the Tie Fighter game uh, for Windows DOS through Lucas Arts that came out a long time ago. Uh, and it's just like... Early
0: um, 90s. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, it's got an awesome metal soundtrack. There's no speaking at all. It's just purely like heavy metal music playing and a star uh, fighter battle between some capital ships. On the Empire side, of course, TIE fighters. You got TIE interceptors, bombers uh, against a rebel, uh small rebel fleet that they ambush. And it's just, yeah. It's super 80s-inspired, um, an anime style that you really don't see that much these days. It's a lot more cleaned up. This is, like, one look at it, and if you've watched anime at all, you'll know where the inspiration came from.
2: Reminds me of, uh, I was <clears throat> texting Jim last night, it reminds me of uh, Heavy Metal, the film, um, without the uh, overt sexualization, uh, of course. But a um, lot, of, lot of close-ups of eyeballs, um, that was my line. You stole my Sure line. did. <laughs> sure did. <laughs> um, yeah, this is, if, if the listeners recall, I talked about, um, uh, the Tata- Tartakovsky Clone Wars saying, like, hey, look, like, it's just a style thing, not really for me. Um, that's how I feel about, about this. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm, like, not really into anime, so, uh, I don't, I don't think I'm, I'm really super into this. Um, yeah cool that there was one person like i it's one of those things where i'm like wow that's yeah that's very respect you know it's great effort really cool that this one person did it um i don't know if i liked it
0: <laughs> the animation like especially considering this is like a fan made um thing the animation is absolutely gorgeous uh there's certain shots in here that i was like that that is like a beautiful shot there are other shots in here that i'm like he kind of rushed through those um but the, and Um, my, my main critique is there's a lot of eyeballs. If you like eyeballs, this is the the fan film for you. Uh, for some reason, he, he took the anime style of apparently anime likes eyeballs at the zoom in real close. And that's what he went with. But, um, yeah, I thought it was fun. Uh,
2: There's like four, like three or four, like zoom outs from an eyeball. (laughs) It's like, what? What is it why are we doing this
1: um i I loved the the battle I loved the style I would eat up a a star wars anime series like this the the metal music by zakir uh raman was awesome it was just i loved them showing like the um like the fighters like starting up their in their cockpits like flipping switches and pushing the pedals and seeing the uh, the engines rev up. They had the Indicator cruisers, the different types of TIE fighters. You could see the shields being kind of splashed around the rebel ships. Uh, the TIE, uh, the, the probe droids at the beginning, like sending the signals over to the Imperial fleet that they've spotted the rebels. There's so much going on, so much detail. Um, this was like close to my favorite film. Um There was one that I I liked more than this, but this was really up there for me. I thought the fact that one guy did this himself is also just, like, so impressive.
0: I really liked, I think, my favorite part of this one was when they were showing the TIE Fighter pilots kind of talking and looking around. Like, they're wearing their helmets, but they made their helmets transparent. And so you could see their heads um, and who was talking to who. And the fact that the Rebels got their due.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, one thing, though, where I think you and I disagree, JJ's. I hated the music. Like, something about, like, something, it, it, we talked about it a little bit last week with the Clone Wars movies. Any, like, real-world normal music in Star Wars feels so off to me. So, like, this just having, again, like, that, that heavy metal soundtrack, I was just like, this just doesn't. As soon as the guitar kicked in, I was like, oh, no, no. And then it was like, oh, this whole video is set to just like do a heavy metal soundtrack. And when I say heavy metal, I mean heavy metal, not the genre. I mean like the the old school film heavy metal. So um, yeah, I was not I was not into it. <laughs>
1: All right, uh, you guys want to move to the next one? Sure. So next up was Troops. So this is um, dubbed the first fan film. It's from uh, 1997. It's a uh, cops parody and it was by Kevin Rubio um uh, I had never seen this before I had heard about it quite a few times um I'll be honest I made it about three minutes in maybe and then I gave up i I couldn't watch all ten minutes of it
2: it started it it I laughed in the first minute when they said, when they said oh I think it was like all suspects are guilty, period. If they weren't that was if funny. they weren't guilty, they wouldn't be suspects. I was like, Oh, that's pretty funny. And then I didn't laugh the remainder of the thing. Um it stopped being a parody of Cops and was just like, yeah, this is just a scripted episode of Cops, but on Star in Star Wars, which is kind of a bummer. Um but that first joke made me laugh, but the rest of it, yeah, I was like, Oh, okay. I don't I don't really like this.
0: It should be noted that Kevin Rubio had written, 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 wrote, wrote, he, he um, writ writ written wrote um words. He wrote the Tag and Bink comic series that uh we had talked about when we were talking um parodies. Uh we mentioned it, and he also wrote an episode of the Clone Wars, uh Bombad Jedi. So he basically used his creation of this movie um to kind of propel him into actual Star Wars work. And this was probably I really, really enjoyed this 20 years ago. Um, <laughs> it, it was a when lot of fun. When <laughs> it came out. It, it was a lot of fun. It was a good movie. It's a like a yes, I I watched cops. I thought it was like a, a good riff on cops. Um but in today's climate it is it's hard to watch uh you, where you have um basically the star wars police officers um doing what they 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 are meant to do and mowing down the the indigenous life forms um yeah they're, this they're is they're
2: unintentionally funny in lines they say that are like un like again unintentionally prof- prophetic and super dark where like at one point, the trooper, like, back in 1997, when the trooper turns, the other one goes, I just want to shoot him. Would have been like, oh, cops don't do that. Now it's kind of funny, because it's like, well, cops keep shooting people. So it's dark, but, yeah, it's it, it's a, it's definitely a much different lens now.
0: Yeah, it, it's uh, um, what we said with the parody films. It It's dated. Um, it's horribly dated, and it didn't age well,
1: unlike me. Always oh. the modest one. Yeah, very modest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, we have Darth Maul Apprentice. Uh, this was from T Seven Pro uh, Studios. It was written, directed, produced, and edited by Sean Boo. Uh, the action director was V VD, uh, Dan Tran, and then costumes and stunts was by Defcon Unlimited. Uh, So this is basically a story about um, Darth Maul basically being fed a group of like five to six Jedi that come to investigate a mysterious signal. And we come to find out Darth Sidious is the one that kind of sent them there to test him. Uh, And it's basically just Darth Maul taking on five Jedi Knights. It's a mixture of uh, a few Padawans in there. Uh the a few things that stuck out to me right off the bat I was super impressed with the costumes and um, Darth Maul's makeup uh I thought he looked fantastic uh I thought the makeup and like the the horns and the contacts I, I thought he looked great
2: I the for me the the fight choreography was surprisingly awesome um you know, like there, there's very few lines, thankfully, and like what lines are spoken are, you know, rigid and not great. Whatever, it's a fan film, that's kind of to be expected. Um, but the fight choreography is really rad. The one, the two major complaints I had was, and this goes for basically all the fan films, is one, um, ultra sabers don't look as cool as anyone thinks they do. Like the the lightsabers in this look so plain and vanilla and boring, and I noticed that in like all of the, the fan films that had lightsabers, and I'm like, oh, because they're getting all of their lightsabers from Ultra Sabers, who I've, like, people love and are great for, like, actually, like, fighting with them, but when they come to, like, just looking at them, they look like just pieces of, like, tubes of metal. Um, And then my other complaint with this was, I guess I have two more complaints. The other one was, two, uh all the slow motion shots weren't as cool as they thought they were, and this was also about four minutes too long. Like, the ending the ending build up to the final duel was like get on with it just fight um well other than that i thought this was uh surprisingly solid um a lot of like like i said really cool fight choreography really entertaining fights um set in a cool place like a couple different locales uh they fight like from a forest into like this little ravine out into a beach um so it's it's you know it's it it is pretty it's pretty entertaining um just for the the fights alone
0: I, I'd say this is probably one of my favorite ones. The, it's, it is just one extended fight. Like the, the story, um, if you want to call it a story, is very loose. Um, And it is basically what you would said. Darth Maul gets attacked by uh, several Jedi who are stranded on a planet. This is before Darth Maul is, has introduced himself to the world. And I think, here is where I started to run into problems with the fan films using almost all of the ones that we picked. I assume you, you picked, you tried to pick some of the better fan films that were out there
1: or uh, it better. Was pretty random. I, I I went by a few that, um, I knew were super popular, um, but I, I tried to kind of randomize it, uh, it I went with a bunch that I had never heard of before. But as we I mean as we can tell by um you know already um with some of the differing opinions on um what I th- loved with Tie Fighter like just cuz as a lot of views doesn't necessarily mean it's it's good to everybody, you know. So.
0: Yeah, it's a, I just um i started to run into issues I think this one skirts it but using the movie characters. And when they constantly use the movie characters, and I think Connor and I had were talking last night and he brought up the fact that it feels like a lot of the movies are trying to fix, or a lot of the fan films are trying to fix where the movies went wrong. And that's where I you, you get that you feeling a lot of times. Um, I don't have that in this one in particular, but I did have the problem with Darth Maul didn't look like Darth Maul. Like, clearly it's not Ray Park, but... That's the that you're gonna get that you picked, you made a movie based on a movie character, and he does it. The guy is a different build than Ray Park. This guy is, I would say, a lot bigger than Ray Park. Ray Park's a tiny guy. Um,
2: and there's a Mortal Kombat character in this one. I
0: was gonna bring up Sub Zero,
2: (laughs) I wrote my notes. I was like, why is there a Mortal Kombat character?
0: I think, I think my biggest problems with this one is that it goes on forever.
2: The ending.
0: It, it doesn't it, end. It doesn't end. And there's a ton of random gratuitous cleavage shots of the one girl who fights.
2: Oh, see, I didn't even pick up on that.
0: Yeah, I didn't like, pick up on that. Every either. time they focused on her, it was kind of um towards her face while she's laying on the ground. Like almost every time.
1: Yeah, I I didn't pick up on that. Um I had a few more notes. Oh, I I really liked um, when he killed the first Jedi. It felt like Maul and him, like, just, he was just, like, so ferocious and angry. It just felt like he was, like, unleashing, like, his rage on him. And I feel like they did a really good job with that fight with him just totally overwhelming that Jedi with just, like, rage and anger. Uh, And I really was impressed by um, the force abilities that were used, like, how they filmed that with, like, him picking up the Padawan and force choking her into the air, like pushing her with the force, like um, Sub-Zero <laughs> using the force uh, and like blasting the tree. Um, like you said, Connor, I, th- I thought the um, the fight choreography was really well done. And I'm with you guys. The, the end just dragged. I will say though, I'm guessing they must've used a drone for the shot um, where they had that like far out shot of the two of them on that kind of like sandy area, and it's like slowly zoomed in. I thought that was really well done.
2: It, with it, I, I think <laughs> watching the final scene, it was like, okay, somebody just got a drone. They really wanted to get some drone footage into this. <laughs> um, because it got to the point where like they're cutting back and forth between the two and showing their face and kind of showing a pan that dragged on for so long, it got to the point where it felt it almost felt like parody because it's just like we get it, they're facing off, please stop cutting back and forth between them, and then they like, they pulled out a little bit, and I was like, oh, we're gonna start, and it's like, oh, nope, they're gonna keep panning and cutting to each other, like, oh my god, just fight, I'm here for the fight, please, just fight, and then it was a good fight, but um, yeah, it was just like, come on, um, but, you know, these are fan films, so they're learning, they're, they're, they're figuring out pacing, and tension and all that.
1: Alright. They need an editor. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Next up, we have TK436, a stormtrooper story. So, um, this, I believe, is from Unboxed Films. Uh, and it's kind of a, a different take on a typical stormtrooper story. Um, it won a 2016 Filmmaker Select Award at Star Wars Celebration Europe. Um, I yeah i I just didn't really see the <laughs> come on there was just so i have so many questions about it um like all right let's see Let me look at my notes here so like I appreciate the fact that they told like a nonlinear story that was like emotionally driven and about um like his relationship and his past with with this person and it wasn't just a standard like stormtroopers are gonna go fight rebels i appreciate that i do but i i'm so curious about how they filmed this like was the entire thing done in front of a green screen and like did did they purposely make it hard for us to see what was going on like was that a technique used because they couldn't like you couldn't um It was too pricey to, like, have effects, but it's just, like, almost every scene, except for the two of them in that park together that they kept flashing back to, it's like, you can barely see what's going on. And the Stormtrooper helmets looked wonky, so I was like, are they supposed to look really weird and different because they're, like, battle-worn? There was just so much about this that I was scratching my head over. The one thing that I burst out laughing over though that might make me a horrible person is they're just going through flashbacks and then out of nowhere there's just a stormtrooper in the back that uses a flamethrower on Aunt Maria <laughs> yeah! and, and Uncle Owen and I just died <laughs> and, laughing. I was like, and, what? Just apropos and, of nothing. Just like, oh yeah, there's the Skywalkers dead.
2: JJ is being so nice and trying not to be mean. I'm going to be mean. This was terrible. I mean, this, they spent seven this, months on it. How did they, <laughs> they... They spent seven months on this? I, You could have told me they spent an afternoon on this. And I would have been <laughs> like, yeah, that tracks. If this Six
0: of those they, months were how to barbecue <laughs> and brew and Uncle Owen to a nice six.
2: <laughs> six of those months were making paper mache uh, stormtrooper outfits. This was... it's never good when somebody watches a film you've made and their question is now did you intentionally make it impossible to see anything (laughs) that is not a good this was (laughs) unwatchable like it was so hysterically melodramatic i one of my notes was this is way too awkward to be as melodramatic as it is. Um, it seems like Zack Snyder directed this because it's super grainy. Everything's awkward, all of it looks fake. Uh it's it, it this feels like a a a dollar bin bailert valence story. Um I Hated it. dollar
1: <laughs> bin Baylor Valence story. Wow, <laughs> was... not pulling any punches.
2: Yeah, this was. And here's here's a point I want to make about fan films in general. Um, because I'm sure somebody is reading this or hearing this being like, Wow, Connor's kind of an a hole, which I am, but I think I do think fan films and fan fiction are super, super, super important creative exercises. And I don't <laughs> think hold on, apart. hold on. I have a point, I don't think. People should stop doing them. I, I think we should encourage people to do it. I think it, it helps people develop as creators. It helps them develop as storytellers. I just don't want to have to sit through them. Like, I, I think, I, I think there's a tremendous, tremendous value in in creating these things. I just don't want to watch them. It's kind of like I was talking to my dad about it. It's like I, it's like, it's like I don't want to go to watch a professional sports team practice, but I want to go to their game. And I see fan films as practice for, you know, the the big films. Not I don't want to say real films, but, like, you know, for, like, professionally made films. So I, I'm glad these people have the passion to do this, and I, I keep doing it. But, like, my God, don't make me watch something like this, because this was brutal to get through. And it was it, only, like, eight minutes. N-
0: it was 12 minutes, and if you removed the fact that they reused scenes like 500 times ish uh i'm rounding um it's about five minutes long and if you put everything back in order it took it it's just cut so much like each scene is at most 10 seconds long and like it's constantly cut 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 and again like what jj say you can't tell what's going on because it's so dark i had to keep like raise the brightness on my screen i'm like i literally can't see anything here
2: <laughs> i forgot to mention i didn't finish this one i got to the last like two minutes and just fast forward i was like okay i can't do this um I, i'd I, like
0: to point out that i did not pick this assignment and i watched <laughs> all of all of these movies
2: <laughs> we have each put each other through something terrible now <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, I picked it random. I didn't know what I was getting you into. I'm sorry. <laughs> and that's your um, own fault.
2: <laughs> I mean, also, that's part of the
1: fun though. There's some pleasant surprises in here, right?
2: There there is there is one that I'm very excited to talk about that I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, but only one. Um the the other thing with this one, we don't have to linger on it too much, is when there's the reveal where like the stormtrooper takes off his helmet and the, the girl doesn't recognize him at all. It's like, dude, it's only like It's been a couple years. Like, are you telling me you don't see somebody for a couple years and you're like, I have no idea who this person is anymore? It's like you have maybe gone from like 16 to 20. And And then he pulls out
0: the string and he's like, Look, I have a string. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well,
1: I- I'm gonna disagree with you on that one. Like, she's dying. Uh, there's smoke everywhere. It's a horrible battle. He's covered in blood and sweat and dirt. It's been a while. And there's War grainy ages, film. People. You can't see anything.
2: <laughs>
1: All right. Why is
0: my vision
1: grainy? <laughs> let's uh, let's move on to the next one here. Uh, so I think I think this next one is my favorite film that um we watched. And that is Shadow of the Republic. So this was a short film. It's only six and a half minutes long. It was filmed in 4K. It's from Cinematic Captures. It came out um, December 10th, 2020. So very recently. And possibly the most impressive part of this film um, is the entire thing was filmed with motion capture uh, suits, uh, which are crazy expensive. I mean, filming in 4K to start with is already like, you know, these people invested a lot of money in it because those cameras are not cheap. Um, but a good motion capture, uh, suit is between like 10 and 15 grand. And they had, I think at least we can confirm four actors in this. Um, so I was just super impressed by that right off the bat. Um, this is essentially a bad batch story for all intents and purposes. It's a elite, like black ops, uh, clone unit during what I can only assume is uh, the Clone Wars or like right after the Clone Wars have ended. One of the two, they say a separate separatist attack. So I'm guessing it's during the Clone Wars, uh, but they're basically on a mission to rescue a captured Senator um, that's been taken by droids dressed as their brothers, fellow clone troopers. And they have to go in like room to room, clear out these droids dressed as clones and rescue this Senator. I, uh, I, I think my biggest takeaway on
0: this one is that it sounds like D. Bradley Baker. Uh, and I don't know if they just ripped his voice from the TV series, because if you look at the credits, it literally says Clone Commandos, the shapeshifter. Huh. What the yeah. fuck is that? Like, I, was,
1: <laughs> I was listening. I'm like, this sounds just like Tamara Morrison. This is so good. And so, yeah, I'm like, I'm
0: I'm trying to figure out I'm like I I literally watched the credits like four times trying to figure out who voiced them and I'm I'm 90% positive they just ripped the audio from the Clone Wars series.
2: Respect respect that move. Um this gave me uh, a big uh love death and robots vibe minus um the love all the oh yeah all the thank you the love part um <laughs> for all intents and purposes um it it looked cool uh but um overall i i there was something about the actual like combat sequence that just lacked any excitement um like it looked gorgeous and it was like i couldn't i i it, you know it, it was it was just like really well generated um and well acted but it just i don't know something about like there just there was a lot of like energy missing from the the fighting um but what i appreciated it about it was um there was no like extra fluff like it was a short six minutes and it was like exactly as long as it needed to be so i i appreciated that i thought it i thought it had a pretty pretty neat little ending pretty pretty cool little ending um but yeah there's just something like if you're gonna have a story that's completely about clone troopers clearing out this room like you gotta nail the, the combat sequence. And the combat sequence in this just felt super flat. um, And I can't really put my finger on why. I was waiting. So <laughs> supposedly
0: the enemy was a bunch of droids wearing clone outfits. I was waiting for them to pull off one of the helmets. Like they seated it. Like pull off one of the helmets and find out they were shooting their own people. It never happened. Missed opportunity.
2: Yeah, the the... It was a little weird that, like, the, cl- the the droids, they're wearing clone armor, and nobody was like, why? Seems kind of weird, but, uh, you know.
0: I, yeah, okay. it, it was cool. I liked it. It was probably one of the better ones we
1: watched. Um, I liked it a lot. I liked the story
2: it at being,
0: the end. Yeah, um, it being six minutes, chef kiss. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> I, I liked under, the story at the end and,
1: and them being forced to do something that. Like, at least one of them knows is very wrong, but they're like, you know, this is, like, the cost for victory. And um, this, like, this to me was was something that if Disney was like, we're going to do a live-action, like, Spec Ops uh, clone squadron from the Clone Wars, I would be all over it. All right. Uh, The next fan film we have is Star Wars Destroyer. So, this came out in 2017 uh, from, I don't know. Who is the, Arya Movies is uh, who put it out. Uh, so this is about two X-Wing pilots that have just kind of defeated what looks to be a Star Destroyer. We don't see any X-Wings, um, but the Star Destroyer is falling towards the planet, which turns out to be, I'm guessing, Bespin. They don't actually say it's Bespin, but it. I mean, you pretty much see what looks to be Cloud City and they have to stop the star destroyer from crashing into the city and killing everyone.
2: Yeah, and one of the pilots helmets is made of duct tape and cardboard. I'm oh, so
1: glad don't you brought that up. Don't
0: what the heck is going that. on with
2: that guy's helmet?
0: Don't that you are wrong, sir. They're all of the helmets are made of duct tape. <laughs> <laughs> And none of the lines are painted straight. I'm like no. you are literally sitting in front of a camera and the graphics in this movie are outstanding. Yeah, like they did great, and then they spent four dollars on the helmets of the X-wing pilots. It's it was like, so like,
2: confusing. It, it's so right off the bat, I'm like, "What is happening?" Um, and that kind of threw the whole thing off for me. Where it's just it, it, the the again, like it's it, it's like oh, like this is great for some like somebody being like oh, like look what I made in my spare time. Great, but like. It wasn't all that exciting, you know. It's like uh, the 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 um Star Wars Squadron Hunted CG animated film is kind of the similar thing just a lot better. Uh so I, I th- this I have like three notes on this. One was did they make the helmets out of duct tape? Uh the second note and Jim and I talked about this and it'll come up again. Uh a lot of lens flare. Um, except for in this one, I think they were intentionally like, okay, let's, let's add a little lens flare. And it's like, nope, don't need that. Don't, don't have to put in lens flare all the time. Um,
0: they had uh, to do it on purpose on this one because this isn't like they were actually filming in space.
2: There are other fan films we're going to talk about where I think the lens flare was unintentional. It just happened because they filmed against the sun. This one they added in and it's like, what are you doing? You don't need that. Um, it, but I'm assuming it's because whoever did the effects on this just learned how to add lens flares and was like, I'm going to add lens flares because I know how to now.
0: And J.J. Um, Abrams um, was a huge lens flare person. And he, and this he is, did this, it in
2: Star Trek and it worked.
0: And he did it in Star Wars. And uh, it, this came out in 2017, two years after the, um, uh, 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 the um,
1: movie.
2: There you go. Yeah, I, I really like this one. Seven.
1: Um, <laughs> it, honestly it's silly to say but if that guy's helmet had just if they had just like bought a like knockoff like disney store x-wing helmet i'd have nothing really overly negative to say about this one the effects were incredibly impressive uh it was well done it's just that was so distracting but other than that this was great it was uh short and sweet uh, And it was all the sounds. You could close your eyes and picture pretty much everything that was happening in this. Like, they nailed it. The audio was perfect.
2: And then when you open your eyes, you're like, oh, no. I don't, I'm sorry. I thought this was stupid. <laughs> I, my final note on this was, yeah, that was dumb.
1: All right. Next, we have Kenobi, a Star Wars fan film. So this came out in um, December 2019. From, uh, let's see, Jason Satterlund directed it, and I believe one of the main actors here, uh, Jamie Costa, who plays Ben Ben Kenobi, uh, also produced it and uh, helped fund it. I really want to be Ben Kenobi.
0: (laughs) I will do everything to be Ben Kenobi.
1: So this was one of the longer ones. It was just shy of 19 minutes. Uh, and it's funny, like this came out during the period where I, I don't think, uh, we still had any confirmation that we were actually getting this series in live action, like a Canon one from Disney. Uh, so it's funny that they touched on something that clearly they had worked on for a long time, that something fans were asking for, for a while. Um, I thought this guy absolutely nailed it as far as his portrayal of uh, Obi Wan. He had like the mannerisms, the look, the "hello there" was was perfectly done. Um, I thought he looked great. I thought the costumes were all really well done. Like all the uh, Imperials looked great. Uh, I enjoyed this one. There's you know plenty of little things you could nitpick there, but overall. I thought they did a really nice job. Um, There's like no reason whatsoever that these imps would come out to check on two moisture farmers on Tatooine. Like I see no reason that that would ever happen, but whatever. It's a fan film. It's supposed to be fun. There's Um,
0: also no reason they had to hide Luke.
1: Yeah. They could have just been like, hey, it's just us three. Okay. Bye. We're moisture farmers. This (laughs) is my, this is my kid. You were never out here. How do you know I wasn't pregnant? Like, yeah. (laughs) And why would they care? Why would they care about these two very poor people on a lawless, like desert world? They wouldn't. It just, but it's a fan film. Like you have to like, let these things go to enjoy it. And I, I I don't want to nitpick because I think they did, um, a really nice job with a lot of it. Like the, the mouse droid and the actual R2 unit was a really nice touch.
2: Um, The hiding place for the kid was hilarious. Got to hide him. Put him in the speeder. They're definitely gonna search.
0: (laughs) Throw a blanket on him. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Um. Whoever played the imperial officer in this was so perfectly and flamboyantly over the top evil. Like I. I was mesmerized by the whoever was doing the Imperial Officer. I was like, this dude is putting on the performance of his life. Like, it was... He was so good. And when he screams Jedi, I was like, this kind of rules. Um, I think of all of these, this one, um, there are two that I enjoyed quite a lot. This one and another one we're going to talk about. Um, like you said, JJ, I think there are... Obviously, there's some things you can nitpick. The big thing here is... Um, what I think is unintentional use of lens flare, um, as in like this is like it's literal lens flare, not like an effect, because they um, will have certain actors positioned directly against the sun, and the sun is just blinding, and it's like I can't can't really see anything. Um, so that that was like my main complaint. But other than that, I actually thought this one was um, was pretty cool, um, pretty enjoyable, well acted. Uh, surprising. That's always the hardest thing with fan films is, is the acting is usually a little rough, but this one was like pretty, pretty damn well acted. So, um, this was one of, one of the better ones for sure.
0: I'd say this is my second favorite one. And even though it is almost 19 minutes, I don't like long things. (laughs) If I can get it done quickly, all the more better for it. Um, but yeah, I had, I, I really liked this one. He did a fantastic job as Kenobi. I did have a problem by this point with the lens flare and everything. And the fact that he kept reiterating lines in the movie, like he doesn't need to say hello there. He doesn't need, he said there's a bunch of other lines in this one where they, he just repeats what's in the movie. It's like, you don't need to do that. You can come up with your own lines. Although there's some of the other fan films where they used characters in the movies and came up with their own lines and they sound like they should never be coming out of those characters mouths. Um, most notably Darth Vader and the emperor uh, apparently are really hard to write dialogue for because um, a lot of people don't know how to do it.
2: But yeah, this, I, it's almost a good thing. because It's like, Hey, look, you go off the dialogue you found in the movie. Like it's definitely going to sound like him. Like, um, the, the only thing that was a little weird in this one, uh, was, um, um, Uncle Owen is, uh, apparently a gun, a gunslinger. Uh, that was the only thing I'm like, oh, that's, that's news to me that Uncle Owen's packing heat and has no problem killing people.
0: Uh, yeah. This one didn't feel, this one felt like one of those, like you are using a, the characters again from the movie in a timeline that this doesn't feel like it ever would have happened.
2: No. Um But from from pure like just entertainment value, I think this one is more entertaining than all but one of these. Um yeah, there's like things you can nitpick, but for the most part it's like, Yeah, this is like this is pretty pretty well done. I agree. All right.
1: Next we have Rebel Scum. So uh, this is nine minutes from Blood Brother Cinema Company. Uh, this thing won a slew of awards, and it's a very um. It, it it's only nine minutes long, but even even with that, it felt still. <laughs> you you use the
0: word only <laughs> yeah. well when
1: you, when you say it's a film like nine minutes doesn't sound like you know that long but for the story that they were telling here it absolutely did um i do have to give them a lot of credit though um the visual effects were great the costume especially the rebel pilot was fantastic um they shot in negative 22 degrees fahrenheit uh, on an ice field in alberta canada and the thing that I liked about this film the most um, was the Tim Burton-esque stop motion with the probe droid at the very start. I thought that was so cool. It was such a neat, unexpected little touch.
0: I couldn't understand why he the probe droid was reading a tablet.
2: I really didn't like the stop motion. It clashed with everything else for me. Put it off to a weird start. Um, that's a lot of effort to go through. <laughs> Like you gotta really have a lot of passion for Star Wars to be like we're gonna film on a nice field. I would have been like, no, we're not. Um
0: My biggest yeah. problem was the GL that she didn't match, and I'm like
2: <laughs>
0: Nope, that's not Hoth. Um, <laughs>
2: this was the very long nine minutes. This felt a lot longer than the nine minutes. Um the I something about the way his helmet was on kept throwing me like his helmet was off kilter the whole time and I was it was annoying me beyond belief I was like just recenter your helmet for the love of God Um, that's just that that annoyed me so much Um, but yeah this had like a I don't know if this was intentional or not it had like a almost like a 40s 50s like westerny vibe a little bit Um, the
0: coloring is off.
2: Yeah, like when
0: you look at I, I, I've i been pulling up each of the movies as we go and looking at him as a character, he's almost like um, sepia toned. It's like yeah. it's like it's leaning that it's not all the way, but he's like w- a weird mix, which I where you're getting your uh, your old old movie vibe.
2: And the sound mixing was uh, a little weird. Like sometimes you could hear like the natural noise. Sometimes you couldn't. Sometimes you could hear like his suit wrestling. Sometimes you couldn't I don't Yeah, this um I did not like it. <laughs> it, it, it uh no, it, I I was not enjoying it.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh next up we have one that I really, really liked a lot. Um Hoshino. So this was from let's see. Stephen Vitali. Uh he directed and writer Eric Kara Carrasco. Um I recognize um the main character, Anna Akana. She's gonna be in Jupiter Rising, which is coming out on Netflix soon. Um I like this one a lot. It was very simple. Uh it wasn't very long, it was only seven minutes. But I liked it. It was just like a, a classic tale of like a student not listening to their teacher and wanting to go, you know, too fast before they were ready to um and they suffered the consequences. How humiliating to have a Minoc blind you? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, not not the best look. I would say of all the fan films we watched, this is the only one I would legitimately recommend for people to watch. Like where it's just like, no, this is le- legitimately fantastic. It's really really simple. Um, it's one of the only ones we watched that has legitimate and clear character growth in a, in seven minutes, which is incredibly hard to do but was well executed um there's a lot of tension there's there's like they somehow weave two storylines together um set like years apart uh i thought this was really 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 good um like i said this is the, the of all the ones we watch this is the only one i would tell people like yeah definitely go watch this it's seven minutes absolutely worth your time um really well shot, uh, really well acted. I think part of what makes this one so, so good too, is I think a lot of fan films make a mistake of like relying too heavily on either action or like CG heavy stuff. And this doesn't, this instead is much more focused on like just this really quick tale of the relationship between a master and an apprentice and, and the failures within that relationship. And it's, it's very short. It's very sweet. And it's very, very well done.
0: I think I, before um, Connor started watching it, I told him that he needed to watch this one last because it is easily the best one. And I agree 100%. Like, if I was to recommend any of these movies, it would be um, Hoshino. And this is coming from the guy who harped on troops (laughs) to the two of you um, when we were coming up with movies. Like, you gotta watch troops. We gotta watch troops. We gotta watch troops. Um, I apologize for that. Uh, but But, like, this one, like, it is well acted and this movie is kind of what emphasized the fact that when you use um movie characters it weakens your film because here you have no movie characters it is all just their own characters set in the Star Wars universe, probably a thousand years before the movie. Um, and it is a great tale. It, you don't need to know any of that. It is just, um, they don't go into heavy exposition. It's a nice, clean story about a master and apprentice um, where the apprentice does something stupid and you know something happened to the apprentice right away and they don't even need to say anything. It did like, um, the person who wrote this did an absolutely fantastic job.
1: Great. It was, it was possibly my favorite one. I don't know. Oh, you already called a favorite. I love TIE Fighter so much and the motion capture one. The motion capture one just impressed the hell out of me. Like, investing the amount of money they did to not only do it in 4K, but to do it all in motion capture, I just thought was amazing. But this definitely had the best story by far. Um, last up, we have Exile, episode one. Um, I think they made more. I'm not sure. I, I didn't have time to look into it. Um, this had a lot of buzz around it. Uh, it was written by Noel, uh, uh, Braham, Braham, uh, directed by Pokey Spears and it had a bunch of folks in it, um, that have some serious acting chops. I I was looking into it a, a bit, um, this, was basically a kind of like alternative timeline type deal where like Ahsoka is leading like a band of uh, Jedi that are rebelling against the Empire and there's an Inquisitor, Invader, and Mandalorians hunting them down. Um, I got to say, I think my favorite part of this was watching a Sith Lord... Or the Inquisitor, or excuse me, rip a Jedi's heart out of their chest with the force. Like that's some dark stuff. I like it that.
2: Was, it was so over the top. I could I was half of me was like, Oh, come on. The other half of me was like, Oh, that's actually kinda of metal though. <laughs> um, it My, was the one I part I was,
0: hated the most was right before that where he's playing like that um, that part was weird. weird it was the, uh, the moaning marionette. The
2: <laughs> the moaning the the painful moans was like oh if you cut the moans out this would have been way better but the moaning just made it really uncomfortable yeah i think that the sith ripping the heart out flirted a very fine line between oh that's actually very dark and cool and like okay we get it you're an edge lord um and i still am not really sure where it lands um i do want to talk about before i get into a negative i want to say the sound mixing on this, with with that Inquisitor's voice, was really cool, and how they give him like, he's got like multiple voices at once,
0: and it's a uh, kind of a wispy, um, yeah, like it, like an airy voice, yeah,
2: yeah. I really enjoyed that, um, but uh, I do want to talk about the very uncomfortable slightly problematic uh, master and apprentice in love
0: and then they kissed I, I and, and
2: then i wrote i wrote my notes like oh and now they're making out that's definitely not okay um yeah i that made me uh, just immensely uncomfortable like like that's like a like <laughs> I, that, it's just not i, I don't know how else to explain like, like that is there's that is like a, a teacher and a student eventually falling in love that's just very uncomfortable to me um really really threw off this whole thing um and then
0: this is just one of those movies that i feel like they literally just wrote and then they kissed yeah
2: it just (laughs) happens you're like oh and they're making out now um and then also in the opening a lot of slow motion and um this goes what i'm about to say it goes for anything captured on film Fan films, real films. Sorry, real films sounds insulting. I don't mean that way. (laughs) Fan films, professional films, um, Instagram videos, anything. People, slow motion never looks as cool as you think it does. It never looks as cool. And there's like the first couple shots this movie have like these slow motion kills. And it's like that doesn't look as like all you're doing is slowing down something that would look cooler in full speed.
1: Yeah, um, there was a lot of issues with this film it just kind of um it was a fan film it was very clearly a fan film um but I did enjoy um the Sith pulling as I said the heart out I thought the Mandalorian armor looked awesome uh the beginning action sequence was really cool I I think there was plenty of positives to talk about over here it definitely was nowhere near the top of my list um but I'm curious uh, at some point I'm very busy today but at some point I'm going to look into uh, if they ever did another, I, ju- I just, I, I was just looking for it and no,
0: there's no, there's no other um, parts.
1: Oh, okay. Looks like it never happened or maybe it will. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I, I will say at the end, I was curious to see where they took the story. I would have watched more. Um, so I, I guess that's a positive.
0: It's fun. Um, I would say this is probably one of the better acted ones. And like the the two main Jedi, like besides the whole and then they kissed, um, they were a lot of fun to watch and it, it is an interesting story. I didn't like the Sith Inquisitor all that much. I did I did like his voice, but I thought the uh um his acting wasn't um as good as the other characters. And um yeah, I I enjoyed this one. It wasn't uh the best one, but it wasn't by far not the worst one. Um and so I would uh I would not hinder people from watching this.
1: Yeah, I I mean, that's the thing with with fan films. You can't they're fan films. You can't hold them to these crazy standards. They're made by people who are passionate about the franchise and their fans. They're not um, professional filmmakers being backed by major studios—they're supposed to be fun, and I, I think the vast majority of the films we talked about today uh, were were pretty fun. There were some that were really good, there's some that were great, there was some that was okay, and there were some that I didn't like whatsoever. Uh, but I enjoyed this episode and and the process of going through these, and I'll, I'll probably seek out some more fan films on my own.
2: I did not. Please don't make me do this again. <laughs>
1: I, I, I'm gonna disagree with what Connor said a while ago
0: um, I saw no problems with the lightsabers at all I thought they were fine
2: yeah I uh, no thank you uh hey keep making fan films do it like grow as creatives just don't make me watch them <laughs> like I don't want to watch them
1: all right uh <laughs> Thank you for uh, listening to our episode about fan films. Uh, We may or may not do another one in the future sometime. Connor may or may not be on the show for it. I will. I don't know. I
2: will do it for the pod because when JJ said, hey, do you guys want to watch fan films? I said, I absolutely do not, but I will do it for the podcast. So if we do a second fan film episode, I'll do it again. I, just really I don't, don't think
1: it's going to gonna happen if it happens anytime soon, buddy. I just never <laughs> never say never. But that is our fan film show for you today, folks. So we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we're going to be back <laughs> next week. The next fan film will be Ewoks. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you know what we're talking about next week? Yes, next week is Revenge of the Sith. Oh, that'll be awesome. Okay, I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah, so uh, we're going to be doing a deep dive. As you know, we've been going through all of the uh, Skywalker saga one by one about every four to five weeks or so. Uh, and next week is Revenge of the Sith, so that should be a lot of fun. That movie is uh, my favorite of the prequels. So uh, yeah, And
0: it, our next episode actually comes out on the day Bad Batch is released. It, uh, oh, well. our, our
1: next episode will be uh, May 4th. What a treat for all of you. And then after that, we'll be talking about the first two episodes of The Bad Best. So you guys got some great episodes coming up here, and you know what to watch if you want to uh, be prepared to listen along with us. So uh, good stuff coming on the horizon.
2: And Thrawn Ascendancy comes out this week. Yes. The next book. And not Star Wars related, I get my second dose of the vaccine this week. So really good stuff coming. All
1: up. good things. All right. We're going to get out of here. Thank you for listening. Uh, do us a favor share the show with your friends leave us a five-star review on itunes so the two best things you can do to support the show uh if you'd like to join our book club where every five weeks we discuss a new star wars book with about 10 awesome folks uh you can do so through our book club uh and our patreon it's two dollars a month you get access to our book club and you also get access to our discord community which has a lot of great folks in it uh, you can find us on Twitter every day for Star Wars content at Talking Tauntauns. And if you have a question about Star Wars feedback or you want to um, suggest a future episode topic, you want us to deep dive something, whatever, we'd love to hear from you. You can get us on Twitter or email TalkingTauntauns at AIPTComics.com. Thanks for listening, guys. That's going to do it today. We're going to get out of here. We hope you enjoy the show and we'll see you next time.
2: Bye, you guys.